Good All right, well, then it's me and one other. Yeah. Let's go. All right, and we're live, Bobby Canode. What's hey. going on, man? What's up, Bram Moore? <laughs> What's up, fellow BMX nerd YouTuber? Yes, yes. How's life? Life's great. Uh, my girlfriend's in from out of town. I got a long-distance girl. She lives in San Diego, and she's here for the next six nights. So I'm pretty hyped on that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, how, yeah. how long you guys been doing that? It is fresh. It's, it's like a month, maybe two months nice. at this point. The... Ooh, I got to mute the live stream. Oh, yeah, you don't want the echo going. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't hear it. Your mic's good. You got yeah. the professional podcasting setup going on right there. Yeah, I know the right people. I got dudes that I do this for for a living, and they're like, here, you can just have this one and this arm. And I was like, thank you. That's very nice. So Instantly pro. Yeah. <laughs> I got pro pro podcast studio ready to go wherever I go. That That's awesome. Uh, how did you start it like this? Like, has it been pro set up from the very beginning? I started it on a whim, almost like a, I think it was a bet three years ago. Um, I just wanted, to, I, I just got a hair up my ass. I was like, I wanted to, I want to do a podcast. So I brought a single camera with a shotgun mic over to Ryan Chadwick's house and said, let's do a podcast. And we sat on the couch and just talked for an hour. And, and then the positive feedback was cool. I kept it going for maybe 10 episodes. The consistency is where like, it's difficult keeping it going every week. And yeah. so I did, you know, season one. That's what all the podcasters do is when they fall off, they just call it a new season <laughs> when they come back. So I did season one and then season two, um, I stopped caring about like going to people's places. The first season was all local. Yeah. So the first, the first like 10 or 15 episodes are all just local homies. And I mean, they're all pretty, pretty dope dudes. So it's, you know, worth worth going back and listening but then doing it virtually lately and i don't know something oh i went through a breakup in like march or april and i had a bunch of like pent up energy so i was like let's do something let's bring the podcast back so i talked to daryl taco and then within like two of two episodes from him uh partnership with dig and that just made me feel all giddy like a 18 year old again like getting sponsored like yeah. whoa okay cool now it's legit and so now there's even more motivation to just keep it going consistently. That's the biggest thing is consistency. And then those clips. Yeah. Have you found that those clips are like helpful for you on it? Yeah. They do better than the actual episodes. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, that's and people's, you know, attention span. There's people who enjoy the actual podcast and while they're driving and killing time. But then as you're just an, a normal human being going about your day, a one minute segment, if it's done well, can be pretty entertaining and do some good numbers. So, yeah, like some of them, you know, they get almost 100,000 views versus the podcast gets 500 views or 1,000 views, you know. Right. It's pretty wild. Dang, that's <clears throat> that's pretty incredible. And it's it's important. I see a lot of comedians do it. That's like the new, yeah, the new wave model. They just put out clips of crowd work with subtitles on them. All the people in the business world that I'm like making money from, they do the same exact thing. Just all they care about is putting out two or three reels a day that look like the ones that we do, which is just for. I'm just doing it for fun. But yeah, that they're they're like investing money into hiring me to direct them to say what to say and then i caption it and post it for them and it's a whole there's a whole industry around just 
Instagram clips at this point. It's crazy. That is nuts, and uh, that helps me because I should probably, dude. I yeah. have a backlog of like fifty to a hundred of these things. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, the clips are important. I would highly recommend it. I uh, I just spent all of last Sunday talking to thirteen people. You were there. Yeah. You, you talked to me at the end of the day. Yep. I talked to. 13 potential editors and like five of them are super dialed and like ready to, I, so you you say the word and i'll send you an editor and get get you get you going on yeah. recycling content i mean well i don't i'm are you, so you're recording them while yeah because you post them not as live so right mine would definitely be like super low quality because it'd be a saved 1080 stream from youtube but i don't think that matters no it doesn't i like even with my zoom like it's not that high quality you can see my thumbnails it's not super high quality and i'm sending an exported file at 1080 to the editor so it's like same same deal uh, it, and it's more about what's being said and how fast and entertaining the the clip is and yeah, if just if there's a funny, funny thing or an interesting thing or putting other writers on, it feels good to share positivity and love on the clips. Oh, that sounded cliche, but yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's true. You're like freaking. It's Bobby K, not Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that makes a whole lot of sense, and uh, sounds like I need to find somebody from the philippines who wants to edit my clips yeah you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) facts because i mean i had a dude email me one time like say asking if i would ever want an editor but he's like it'd be two hundred dollars an episode and i'm like oh yeah (laughs) we can't afford that i make four i make four (laughs) dollars a video bud so (laughs) it's quite out of the budget that's real man um and yeah. I told told everybody that straight up. I was like, in this BMX video stuff, there's no money in it. So like, I'll give I'll give somebody fifteen twenty bucks per clip. But even that, I mean, you take two or three hours to edit a one minute clip. People don't realize how much editing time goes into a one minute segment with other people's writing popping in and lining up the text and animating all the stuff. It's it's a tedious tedious thing. It's like it's kind of like digging trails and it's a it's a labor of love where yeah. you're putting in these hours for this one minute thing and it could literally be hours especially if you can't find a riding clip that you're looking for yeah like yeah that's just a lot of time you gotta go digging and that's what i'm trying to buy back is time because sundays are my day to go ride and film for a mediocre two yeah and it's kind of converged into, like, uh, I got to get this episode ready and get these clips ready because this is my only, like, off work day on Sundays. So I'm spending my off work day doing the exact same thing that I do on work, which is just sitting behind a computer screen editing. So it's, yeah, to, I'm trying to bail myself out of spending five hours a day editing on a Sunday when I could right. be out filming. Dude, and the weather just broke in Arizona, like... It went from being 100 degrees to now it's like 65 outside right now. I'm so stoked. It's, oh be- it's Arizona season is in full effect right that's, now. I'm stoked. That's That sounds great. Yeah. We're, I, we're like, I'm over here like, next week it's going to be 65 for the whole week. I'm excited <laughs> for this because that's like high for nice, us. Yeah. And for you, it's the <laughs> it's complete like, opposite. Yeah. 
Dude, Arizona, have you been here in the summer? I've never even been to Arizona. It is, it hurts. Summertime in Arizona is like walking into an open oven. Oh my Phys- It physically hurts and it bums you out, dude. It's like a, you get uh, the wintertime blues in other states, but in Arizona you get the, the summer blues. You just stay inside in the air conditioning and going outside literally hurts. It's crazy. Seasonal depression, but in the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of nuts to think about from a perspective of like i've lived in ohio my whole life where 95 is like the highest it's gonna get with humidity too well yeah that makes it horrible with that everyone says that but you've got humidity here and like yeah (laughs) i guess uh what's it like trying to ride outside in the summer is it even possible well that was the reason that we did lightworks so the only way that you can ride at in the summer in Arizona is at night or like at 5:30 in the morning. Um, and for a couple of years, it was I just switched my life to be like nocturnal and mm-hmm. stay out until four or five in the morning. With the uh, the lights that I actually have set up here, I have one one light here, one light here. They're both VTEC uh, mount V mount battery powered, oh, yeah. and so it would we could do silent light up a big ditch. I'm proud like. Some of the clips in Lightworks, we literally lit up huge ditches that you wouldn't expect to be lit, which is cool. And just getting out, yeah, that's the only... As soon as the sun goes down, it's, like, tolerable. It's still sweaty and nasty, but it's, uh, yeah, that's the only way you can ride in the summer. There's fools out here that are so committed that they get out, even when it's, like, intolerable, un- but I don't have that. Maybe when I was 16 or 17, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> so, come- like... What's the highest, what's average, and what's super high for the summer? Uh, average is like 105, 110. Super high is 120. Oh, my God. Where they put out like a extreme weather warning, and sometimes like, I, I don't know if they cancel school because it's too hot. There's been a couple of days where it's like that, where it's like that you know, your, your shoes get stuck to the, to the road because it's so hot. That's and, what I was uh, going to ask about with tires. Does that happen with tires? Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. No, but you start sweating immediately and your grips start slipping. I, I know if you leave your car or you leave your bike in your car over the summer, like your tires might pop and explode. Oh, yeah. That's happened. I mean, I have that happen here when it's 75. So yeah. like, yeah, that's probably even more exaggerated there. Yeah. Dude, that's, that like sucks almost. <laughs> the, the first thing my mind went to was like, how do you guys deal with that, like, traffic with AC in your cars and, like, overheating vehicles and stuff? Yeah, you you have to have a car with AC. I was rocking a car with no AC for a cu- couple of years. No power steering, no air conditioning. You just, and I guess you just adapt and get used to it. I was, if, But if I was in a bad mood and I got in my car, which had no power steering, dude, I'd get even more mad. Oh, dude, right? <laughs> I mean, well, you know how it is any kind of like extreme anything added to a difficulty is like i'm pissed just instantly mm-hmm. pissed uh do like your cars overheat a lot out there you see people on the side of the road overheated <clears throat> a lot yeah especially cars i mean they just go bad relatively quick out uh, here i don't know and i don't know very much about cars i know that the humidity in other states is like detrimental to cars yeah and so I think we have an advantage here in that it's dry. Right. But if you're leaving your car out in the sun in the summer, like you're 
my my Honda Civic used to be gray and then it turned into like it looked like it had skin cancer because <laughs> yeah. the sun the sun just beats down on it yeah. and then you get in your car and it's just ah, everything hurts like you touch the seatbelt and it's so hot and everything's just you put your hands on the steering wheel and it's hot and it's just you know it's a mess living in Arizona it's, <laughs> it's good for golfing that's why my parents moved out here when I was 11 my dad wanted to golf no way and, yeah I'm really glad he did because I wouldn't have been introduced to like BMX or skateboarding or any of the hip culture that i got introduced to in my teens out here i don't think yeah my life would be completely different wouldn't be a bmx nerd yeah exactly that's kind of interesting so like how how does arizona impact bmx for you maybe in a way that like maybe other people don't have it impact them how does Arizona impact BMX for me? It makes me depressed during the summer and then feel bad about myself when I'm not out getting it every week. But then when the weather is good, you got to capitalize and get out and film. I think the, I mean, my my early memories in the Arizona BMX world is um, looking up to Drew Hosselton and Clay Johnson and Smoker Dave. I got to like meet them and end up hanging out with, like I remember being i don't know 18 years old and i'm in smoker dave's garage meeting his wife and his kid and like drew's over there and they're just like trading bike parts or frames or whatever and then the way that those guys treated spots was interesting and fun i would be in the back of a van and drew and smoker up in the front seat and i'm not sure if i'm like filming it yet at this point or just a young kid tagging along but there's no windows in the back of the van and I'm just like, where are we going guys? And then <laughs> they're like, oh, it's just around here. And then they take a couple extra turns to make sure that I can't pay attention to where or remember where the spot is. And then some random, you know, some interesting Drew type spot or Smoker Dave type spot. There's a, like those two were pretty uh, unique in their spot obsession. And uh, yeah. the biggest influence I think on me out here is the happy medium skateboarding crew. Um, cause they, they live in, they grew up in the same part of town that I did. And I was, uh, I think a little bit younger than them, but I, I went to the first, a happy medium premiere and it was a movie theater full of people, full of like ratty skater people that were just partying and celebrating. And it was, happened to be one of the best skateboarding videos ever. And I was there and I saw the madness and I was like, I want to do this for BMX. And then four years later we dropped mediocre and it kind of kind of happened you know it's crazy damn i just got chills when you said that <laughs> yeah, that's that's the type of shit that like that that wouldn't have happened if i didn't move to arizona so i'm happy i did yeah so is that were you into video before that or was that the catalyst i think so i grew up riding with cleon cleon owns neighbor's skate shop out in compton now okay um and he he was the first one who was like, I think I, st I started on a mountain bike, just cruising around the neighborhood. And then Cleon showed me how BMX was cooler. He showed me voices. He showed me animal. Can I eat? And I was like, damn, this shit is cool. And we would, even when I was just still on the mountain bike, we would borrow our mom's camcorders and film on mini DV tapes and then take them back to Cleon's house. And he would show me how to edit. We would learn on BMX forum and uh, no film school is a mm -hmm. interesting forum yeah. so we would we just self-taught ourselves how to make videos and learn i don't know what like right it seemed like right off the get right off the get-go like cleon and i were making really good high quality videos thinking thinking back because 
from, from right off the bat, Cleon, Cleon was a filmmaker for sure. And he was more like heady and more into the actual like filmmaking. And yeah. I was still, I was still into just like BMX and watching skate videos and taking inspiration. Hmm. I, so yeah, I think I've been, but so what happened was I was sponsored by GT when I was 18. I entered a vital BMX contest Nice. and it was a video contest and I ended up losing, but they were sifting through the losers and they were like, oh, this kid's edit is cool. I was just doing people to hang five and backwards stuff and they're like, he's got style, let's hit him up. So I ended up like consolation prize, you're on the GT project and I was like, so stoked like oh my god i got sponsored mom dad i'm, I'm on gt <laughs> my first trip was to australia that was wild damn that <laughs> but, is wild yeah and i thought you know i made it and then i kind of stopped progressing in bmx i ended up hurting myself trying to ice pick this rail for a photo i compound fractured my tailbone oh. i had to have surgeries over the course of like two or three years because the shit wouldn't heal literally shit wouldn't heal the damn <laughs> The doctor, all right, so I'm in the ER. I'll tell the whole story. So I'm yeah. trying to ice pick, ice pick this flat rail. It's a Whataburger rail at Metro Center Mall, and it's not there anymore. But I loop out, or I, I'm like doing it over and over again. I got the photo, but I, when I actually, I cased the curb on my way out, and the photographer was like, no, nah, it doesn't count. Shout out to Marco. <laughs> and so I went and I got a little too comfortable and I didn't hop high enough and the classic just like loop out land on the rail like that and you know Marco just kind of brushed it off he's like I'm rolling around in agony in the parking lot like dude I think I broke my ass <laughs> he's like he's like you're fine just walk it off and then I'm like let's let's go home so I get in the car and I try and start driving but I can't sit so I'm like Marco you gotta drive and then I sat in the passenger seat hugging the headrest with my ass up just like towards the windshield wow. like just in so much agony i hobble past my dad when we get home just like hobbling into the house he's like oh robert what'd you do and i'm like uh i don't know we'll see and i went upstairs and pulled down my pants i saw blood trickling down to my ankles and i was like oh that's not good so i'm like dad my ass is bleeding <laughs> And he shouts back lab. up. <laughs> no, you're good. It's fine. He's, he's like, uh, it's probably just hemorrhoids, Robert. Plug it up. <laughs> so I laid there with toilet paper in my ass for like uh, two hours in agony. And then I was like, Dad, this is not hemorrhoids. <laughs> like, I fell on my ass. We got to go to the ER. The doctor, so I'm in the ER. They got me on all fours with my pants down. And the doctor like looks looks at it and is like, yo, you got to see this. Like calls in a nurse <laughs> nurse from the hallway. Look, he tore himself a new one. So I like literally tore myself a new asshole on this rail. And so the That's <laughs> the, not they, funny at I, all. <laughs> I had, it's funny. <laughs> I had overnight surgery and it just kept getting infected. So I I kept getting like huge painful cysts to the point where I couldn't walk or I couldn't do anything just in pain to to where there was a couple of surgeries that they had to put me under just to get all the you know the gross shit out whatever so that's around the time where i was like i'm gonna take it easy on the trying new tricks and get into making videos and i got a vx 2100 first camera ever and made I st it's still on my vimeo channel um i made the edit of me eric ballman drew hosselton and probably somebody else in there um oh shane reader 
he's a legend here, uh, and put together a little edit. And that was the beginning. And there's like super amateur mistakes in it, like a crossfade that goes too long. And What was it but called? It just is there. It's called My Girls on my Vimeo channel. Oh, I'm pulling that up right now. Um, Let's pull it up. Uh, dude, what <laughs> a freaking like vul- not vulgar, but like. <laughs> it's pretty vulgar. Oh my god, that like, that sucks. That is yeah, horrible, dude. That actually happened before my GT Australia trip. So the 13-hour flight to Australia, I was sitting on a donut, eating pain pills. Oh my and gosh. I would carry around a plastic donut for college, like I <laughs> set it down and sit on it for for class. But yeah, that's when I fell in love with the process of. But something about the tangible tape going out and just being obsessed with it, like yeah. putting it on a tripod and learning a new trick. And yeah, there it is. My girls. Uh, everything's opposite right now because I have it reversed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, the opening clip is your boy. I'm actually still proud of this clip. I don't think I would half cab over that ledge today. It's pretty substantial. And then it's, we got Drew, Drew Haas. It's well put together. I mean, you're seeing a lag based you're seeing it as other people are seeing it right now because you're watching yeah. the stream it's not too laggy it's pretty good um it's it's well filmed for sure i man if it's there's the one thing i will say about having a real camera like real camera like a vx yeah is, man i miss having a zoom rocker yeah zoom rocker is huge that's why everybody's on this ag pan, this new panasonic camcorder yeah yeah. <coughs> um yeah dude i mean i love i don't it. i don't know if i had a fisheye yet at this point either i think it's all long lens oh yeah seems I, like I didn't, I didn't think anything yeah which is i don't know you know so how do you feel about like being limited in those ways i feel like it almost can add to something yeah uh, that's what i mean that applies to the old um instagram videos they yeah, used to they used to seconds. only be 15 seconds and that constraint can bring out a lot of cool creativity like one of the first teasers that i made for mediocre at best like 15 seconds i still think is one of the best bmx teasers ever yeah but yeah constraints make you work with what you got and mm-hmm. in general i think uh it brings out creativity and makes it more impressive because you're working with less whatever it is I mean, look at Vine. Vine yeah. was insane. There were so many great Vines, and they were all six seconds long. Like, yeah. Think about six seconds on a timeline editing-wise. Like, you can't do right. anything BMX-related in six seconds. Yeah. you got to be quick and funny. And people in general, this is what I tell editors, is like you, you don't give the human brain enough credit for how fast that we can take in information. So like mm-hmm. if you have a two minute edit, most likely you can trim it down to one minute and like there's a lot of dead space in rookies videos. Like you're you're leaving oh, in yeah. three seconds of somebody rolling up to do the trick. You you can trim the fat pretty well and your brain still gets all the information. And Vine's the perfect example of that. Because because then you can watch it over and over again in six seconds you can if you can tell a good story and have a funny punchline within six seconds like that's that's talent you know oh absolutely i mean that's why there's all these people who are still like huge today that started on vine that magic vine guy with the visual effects yeah that guy uh, david king what's his name matt uh, king 
can't Brian, remember. Fucking... Vine I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> That's Vine Magic. Uh, uh, Zach King. So, Zach King. Yeah. yeah. He's his shit has gotten next level. I typed pretty in, wild. He, oh, he's incredible. Uh, yeah. I typed in Vine Magic guy in the old uh, David Blaine Street Magic videos. Too. Oh, that one's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the guy. Cheese Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are classics. Yeah, but I going back to that note of like heads and tails on video clips getting cut off man that is such a huge thing and like there's so many videos out there that are five minutes long that if they were three minutes maybe even two and a half minutes they would be on a whole nother level of like quality Yeah. yeah and it applies to cutting out shit that like i don't know when you're like i'm working on a full dvd like ideally i'll have a timeline put together well trimmed and it, it'll be an hour long but then the final product should be like 30 to 40 minutes so you're cutting out a lot and you're leaving leftovers on the on the floor but you want to just put together the best piece that you can yeah and maybe maybe people who are in bmx today or just paying attention to what's going on now have no idea how much of like a resume you have as far as bmx videos go like you've done a lot yeah it's kind of crazy to think about when somebody talks about like that ten thousand hour rule like you're not a master of anything i'm like i think i'm a triple master at this point (laughs) i put thirty thousand hours between being behind the lens and behind the computer and in front of the lens i've done it done it for a long time yeah Yeah, it's it's weird to think about and i still have imposter syndrome i do these interviews and i'm like these guys don't know who i am but it's cool thanks for coming on you know like it's wild Imposter syndrome is a good thing. Yeah. I always feel that way. I, I am think it's constantly, natural. Like, I am literally always, like, looking at other stuff that happens and, like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm not worthy of anything. Uh, but speaking on some video stuff, what are the highlights for you as far as what stuff you've done? Uh, so... I emailed Ryan at Sabrosa for like six months straight. Every every couple of weeks, I'd be like, "Hey, you find a filmer yet? Hey, you find a filmer yet?" I think this is was when Miles quit, and they were they were looking for a new filmer. I heard like from Chadwick that Sabrosa needed a TM slash filmer, mm-hmm. and I was just I was still working on mediocre. It it hadn't been done yet. And I went to, um, finally Ryan got back to me. He's like, all right, fine. And then I, I, f- <laughs> I flew out, flew out to uh, Florida for like a tryout to go to, go into Sparky's, meet the people, and then go on a team trip to Atlanta and make, I made Sabrosa in Atlanta. And to this day, it's still one of the most magical edits that I think I've made. Those, the three big Sabrosa projects that I made are probably the ones I'm, most proud of aside from mediocre at best mediocre at best is like the my main the magnum opus yeah the magnum opus i i don't think i can top it ever but we're just doing it for i it's it's actually like bothering me that i'm calling it mediocre at best too when it's not all the same writers but it is what it is anyway um yeah so mediocre at best lightworks and then the three big sabrosa videos sabrosa in atlanta super proud of sabrosa in albuquerque also super proud of and then sabrosa in vegas was my first foray into making a 
you know, a good HD BMX video. Mm -hmm. And working with the constraint of Sabrosa's black and white color or absence of color rule. And then I did a little, like, very simple video trick of, like, leave color on Sabrosa oh, yeah. in Vegas. And um, a lot of people hated it. A lot of people loved it. I thought it was a cool way to, like, keep it Sabrosa, but also freshen it up. And just the writing in that shit was awesome. Putting yeah. that together, I was really proud. And, yeah. So while I'm pulling this up here, can you kind of explain what uh, what that means? Like, Sabrosa leave in color. Vegas? No, the leave oh. color thing. I'm pulling it up, so it'll be there. But yeah. while you're talking about it, it'll be there. Well, um, so Sabrosa's image is black and white, and I was like, okay, I can do that. But what if I what if I left like the sky colored? So like, in Premiere Pro, there's an effect I called leave married, color, no and you drag you drag that onto your clip, and then you use the pen, you, uh, I think eyedropper tool to select what color you want left, and then desaturate everything else. So it works really well on some clips. I actually just saw it in. Um, Better Call Saul. They did it mm. in season six, the last episode. Nippy. At the, there's if it's very subtle, but like if it's a, it's all it's all shot in black and white, but then like the American flag is subtly saturated, which is super interesting. They just left things that are red in color. Yeah. It's a very simple effect, but it 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 I don't know. It was just something to get a little bit different than yeah, got the, it the usual here, black and white. And I think. It so works. like in these clips, look, it's yellow. I, I chose to leave the yellow because we're on the old strip. Right, and and what we're at right now is for the people watching is there's a lot of sky blue clips, which I think, I mean, it's and you don't overly, obnoxiously do it either. Like, the sky in this one's a little tiny tint of blue. Right. It's not shouldn't be distracting. Done. And it, I don't think it is like orange hat in this Kyle yeah. clip where he fast playing 180s over uh, a barrier. Like, yep. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's a cool touch. Something uh, subtle. For sure. But what matters most is the writing and how it's filmed. And then I think the feel of the the music, just the fact that the thing, I think what makes these videos all great isn't so much the filming and editing, it's the, the camaraderie, all the boys, like, cheering each other like at, mm. after every clip you can hear the whole crew screaming for each other and it was just a magical i don't know week we spent there it was pretty yeah. pretty dope yeah that's the best man when you can capture a whole feeling and vibe with yeah. a video from a trip yep. like that that's that's what props was all about that's why people gravitate so heavily aside from like the fact that it was the biggest and best thing happening like that's yeah. part of what made it so good was that you could constantly capture the vibe of the session rich foreign just did a really good good one with um federal yeah. i think it's federal federal in brussels yeah so you're uh you're still keeping up with current and it was such a cool um what's it called divergence from his usual style of Oh, editing or literally... making a video oh what, what's going on here? so it, it came out not too long ago and it just makes you feel like the way rich did this is so good like it makes you feel like you're on the trip with them but it's also like it's just constantly keeping you engaged but it's 20 minutes long it feels like you're hanging out with them it's magical 
you had me a little confused there because I searched for it and there's a video that came out two hours ago with almost the same name, but it's only four <laughs> and a half minutes long and it's a remix of. Ah, uh, interesting. Of, it might be just like the highlights of the writing. Which I okay. So this is we'll get your thoughts on this too. But I think that that totally makes sense with something. So you have like two different videos for it. You have the super quick edit with all the hammers, and then you have the longer like what I would call like raw or vloggy style, whatever you want to call it type deal. Right. I, I agree. I think that for the core heads, like, but I don't know, even for the core heads, like if you think, look at uh, what was big in skating with like the Baker videos, like it's all the antics and the personalities. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a, like you know, a, a spectrum of BMX videos, whether yeah. it's just like hammers filmed well with good music, not too much b-roll just bang 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 then there's what the federal rich foreign brussels video which is bangers but like also antics and like you know life around it and bruno hoffman getting mad at rich foreign (laughs) at at one point in the video is hilarious and just you feel like you're hanging out with the crew showing all the failed attempts before a land a landed trick is entertaining like for the especially think of thinking of a thinking of bmx from like the layman's perspective they want to see i know i i especially like i don't know let's think of an example for a snowboarder clip that i come across on instagram if i see them failing five times i then i'm rooting for them and then when they land it i feel that sense of like fuck yeah you know oh yeah but you, t- you take finals. for granted how hard something is if you just show them landing it and landing it perfectly because right sh- yeah i was just gonna say nobody makes five or yeah no what was the saying? Nobody in a contest, like nobody wants to see you land your tricks first try or something. Yeah. Nobody yeah. makes finals by landing all their tricks first try at like mm-hmm. a backyard jam event. Yeah, for real. Um, and I think that doing it, <clears throat> I think doing both almost has place too. I mean, that's how I treat like contests and jams that happen locally is I'll yeah. make a, you know, five to eight minute long at the most highlights quick bangers video and then the next day i'll put out the 20 minute long like extended thing yeah that's dope and then it it gets the viewer to feel like they're there they're hanging out right and it's you know it's a different type of entertainment i think the you know bang 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 only riding type of video is for a really niche audience it's mm-hmm. like rider, riders who are just like hooked and want to just give me the good shit, you know, yep. like pure purists core. And then I've, I've grown out of that to where like, do whatever the hell you want to do. You know, if like you want to make a vlog, do a vlog. If you want to try and make a funny skit, try and make a funny skit. Like there's a quote from ASAP Rocky, I think, or yeah. He said, you're going to hate on somebody for trying, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why don't hate on somebody for trying. That's ridiculous. And it comes from like insecurity and trying to be cool. I'm too cool to do a vlog, you know. But if you want to do it, you should fucking do it. Yeah, I think uh, BMX as a whole has grown quite a lot in the past five to ten years in those regards. Yeah, big time. There was a lot of hate on Asanagi when he was doing his vlogs, but I don't see that that much hate. And he's like, he's evolved as an artist and. Mm-hmm talk about a crash course on videography make a vlog of your day <clears throat> every day for a year That's, holy crap i tried it for 11 days and i got burnt out like it's 
props props to vloggers dude it's a whole thing yeah people who really take it seriously that is some serious effort i mean i upload a video every day but it is not even remotely close to what it would be like if i filmed the entire day right yeah that and is... even what you're doing is a lot of work man and commitment what does your shit look like what's your life like how do you manage to upload a video every day uh it's time management and i just being good at managing what i'm doing and how old are you 29 okay nice yeah um what was i gonna say i feel like when it comes to like the austin augie thing i listened to a lot of the one that you did with him yeah and then i was so into it and we were listening to it on our way to indiana for a jam and both the people in the car with me were like can we listen to something else this is boring <laughs> i was like i'm so into this right now They're talking about youtube and traveling and life and i'm like i'm stoked i want to listen to this but i i think i mean maybe here in, i'm gonna i'll talk about this twice i don't care because if, if we ever do one for years but i think bmx has missed and they missed an opportunity with youtube just yeah. in like making hating on austin augie and hating on adam lz rather than being like hey you know we could use this as a tool we can do whatever we want with it we can make videos mm -hmm. however we want because guess what the only people making bmx videos on youtube like five to ten years ago were like companies who put out edits random people and then the the people like austin augie or adam lz so it's like billy perry anthony panza um and there's, I'm sure there's more. I wonder if Jaron Barboza is doing one, because he seems like he would have a good. I feel like he might, uh, but like, instead of recognizing that Google is a huge corporation that you could be making money off of through making BMX videos, they're right. like, no, we hate this. Yeah, <laughs> this is this anyone is who does this, this is whack. stupid. Like, yeah, come on, <clears throat> it's lame. You try hard. You attention whore. It's like, ah. Eh. Who's not an attention whore? Right. I think in a little piece of us, all of us want to be validated. Like that's the whole thing when you're young. It's just like I I've even seen it in kids' Instagram bios, like sponsor me so I can go hard for your company. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh. but you know, that's what that's what we all want. We all want a little validation. I think there's way more people in life that seek out validation or thrive off of it than there are who don't yeah even if I, it's not on the internet yeah i mean yeah exactly even offline you're still you want to impress your friends or family and do good and yeah i don't know and as far as like making a living off of it hearing behind the scenes of what austin was making at his peak and how much work goes into it and it's actually like fuck that's pretty that's a pretty rough one mm-hmm I think our our BMX audience doesn't have the you were I think you you and I talked about this about CPM like yeah. the we have a low CPM because there's it, not much advertiser money that wants to be spent on people who are into BMX. So it's actually Sorry. not super low. It's it's better than some that I've seen. Like I've seen CPMs like half of what mine is in like random other categories, but. I was just listening to a podcast last night with this guy who's made fishing videos since he was 12. Yeah, 18. I saw you posted the clip. Yeah I, yeah, I I posted that clip, but they talked about the money side of things. 
Like I checked on the amount of views this guy's getting. He's getting less than a million views a month, and he said a bad month for him is fifteen grand. That's awesome. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, you're getting that few? Like, not that's not few views. That's yeah. a lot of views. That's a shit ton of views. To be right, totally fair. But the average that they say is like a million views is around two or three thousand dollars. Which is yeah. Which that's is crazy to hear. Yeah. It's like a that's a CPM of you know, two to three dollars per thousand views. Right. And to hear the fishing world and this dude, unless he's just like not too in touch with what he's actually getting and when. But I was just blown away at that. And then when you when you take a look at that as a resource over relying on the BMX industry, it was like why didn't everybody jump on this train sooner, take advantage of it and put BMX in an even better position because we're not relying on people right. buying frames to get paid. Well, because it's cringe, Brent. God. Because it's cringe. Ah, oh, you're right. My bad. <laughs> my bad. We got to be cool. I'd rather not do anything than get called cringe by my peers. <laughs> I'll just stay in my little hole and work on my tricks. But and that's uh, the other thing is like some people don't have the you know personality for it or they don't want to share a video all the time. And YouTubing is a lot of work. I think people can hate on it, but until you try it, you you don't realize like oh that's a that's a pretty big commitment to to go through and upload something every day is pretty pretty substantial so much that goes into it behind the scenes even just just creating the video like what would you say to a young bmx kid who wants to start a youtube channel what type of stuff what type of stuff do you recommend yeah what would you say i'll say make whatever you want just do it often yeah solid (laughs) solid advice yeah uh and there's another side to this coin too is that like because I am a huge advocate for being like, well, you don't want to hate on, like, hating all this stuff is bad. But then when you take it to the f- complete opposite side, I'm like, there's a line. <laughs> there's a line here. And if we cross it, we're hating. <laughs> like what? What's the line? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know. I'd have to, like, I would say the line is actually, no, the line is just not being yourself. Yeah, like intentionally not being yourself for the results it gives you. Putting on a character, and I think Austin said that he was doing that a little bit. Um, just uh, what's the word? Exaggerating his enthusiasm mm-hmm. in front of the camera. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. And and the more time you spend in front of a camera, the more you get comfortable with just being yourself and not putting something on or like faking it. Yeah. But yeah, dude, even like when I see it day to day when I'm shooting clients, like I'm talking to them before the camera's out and they're like so comfortable and so good at talking and it's conversational. And then as soon as I hit record, they're like stiff and they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, what do I say? Ah. You know, they're just panicking. Deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah. And that's real. I think, I don't know, maybe I've never had that. I always kind of wanted to. But then I went through a phase of, I remember I filmed a tutorial a, a trick tip how to 540 cab and fakie manual or something and me and cleon made it and i talked on the talked on screen and i was young and i remember getting a little bit of hate or something or and i was just like yeah i'm not gonna do that that's cringe and yeah. then i wasted you know plenty of years of my life thinking that 
putting your face on screen is cringe when really like i don't know there's it doesn't matter if you want to do it do it yeah i agree fully um so what do you do for your like normal job so i've been so basically after sabrosa my dream job i you know sabrosa i got to travel film make bmx videos and i it was you know below pop be below poverty line income mm-hmm. and i had to make a change so i moved back in with my parents i kept doing the sabrosa thing remote we would do a couple of arizona trips and um I was looking for work. My dad was like, you should go work at Walmart. And I was like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Your dad's funny. I, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, a job's a job, Robert. I'm like, yeah, but I have a talent. I think I can use it. So I reached out to a bunch of real estate people. I ended up getting a job being a podcast manager. And I learned a whole lot. Um, I worked for this guy for four years, um, slowly from like 300 bucks a week to 500 bucks a week to eventually I think like 800 bucks a week um just kind of be in his one-man army for running a podcast editing posting um shooting commercials he had he had me learn how to build websites it was it was a good four years of hard work for not as much money as it's worth but Mm -hmm. like just you know young and hungry it was definitely a lot better than bmx money and I was like okay dope and then we had a falling out and I started my canode video company um i was doing i was doing listing videos for houses i was doing uh like short short edits for companies i was doing commercials for real estate agents like i was doing a mixture of real estate weddings and corporate commercials and i did 75k in revenue in my first year and it felt dope and it was a lot of learning curves like learning how to keep your books and i ended up getting a partnership with a cpa to where once a month i would make a video like five five instagram videos for them in exchange for their bookkeeping services so i learned how to pay myself and get taxed as an s corp to save 10k a month um or 10k a year in taxes and run payroll and do like distributions from like my business bank account to my personal bank account a whole lot lot of like behind the scenes shit that i was like oh fuck this this is cool i'm running my own business then my two biggest clients my most reoccurring clients jameel and pace they blew up in the real estate world and they brought me with them basically so i had a good salary job working for their education company just making commercials literally only making commercials for these two uh two courses called sub two and astro they teach people how to get into creative finance and how to wholesale real estate and then two years later i made the jump to work for exclusively for jameel so i work for jameel damji and i make his content or i run his media team we have editors and i'm responsible for posting on his instagram his tiktok his facebook and directing creating coming up with ideas for youtube content and uh yeah just being um, lately it's been a lot of meme making trying to take funny memes and make it relate to real estate and then those do well on instagram it's crazy like i brought i got his tiktok in the last four months from three thousand followers to pushing twelve thousand followers now his Instagram has grown a bit. His YouTube is steadily growing up. We have a full operation. Like the YouTube can run without me. We have an amazing editing, editing and posting team overseas, which they keep the ball rolling. They're doing a YouTube video every day. 
two shorts, one short a day, one YouTube video a day, and then three reels, three three TikToks, three. It's a lot. So like even right now, I'm in between. Um, I've posted two so far, so I got one more post to make later on in the day, and some videos to review to make sure that they're good to be released, and just catching typos on the Instagram clips, and going back and forth, like assigning priority on what projects to work on if if you're on the editing team, and that's that's my I'm creative director is what I dubbed myself creative director for Jamil Damji, but really I'm just video guy, you know, one man army video guy. Dude, that is legit. Mm-hmm. That is mega legit. It's super sick, and it's cool. I'm stoked on it. Oh, and they also happened to get a TV show. Jeez. <clears throat> we were shopping around for a production company to shoot a commercial to air on A&E, and we were getting quoted, you know, 20, 25, 25 grand, and I kind of said, hey, I think I could do it. And they're like, all right, let's 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 do it. And so I one-man army. I took a budget of like two grand so that I could hire a gaffer, yeah. uh, a sound guy, and a lighting guy. And then I directed, I, sh- I cam-, cam opt and edited two commercials that aired on A&E, which is pretty cool. That's like wow. one, of my, one of my biggest accomplishments. Yeah. Shooting on a Sony FX6 and, you know, S-Log and all the color grading and all that. Like, I looking back on it, if I watched it right now, I'd be like, I hate that. But it's <laughs> it's like definitely professional enough. Like, you wouldn't think twice about, oh, this is amateur work. It's professional. But I always, as soon as I say that, I'm like, I'm I, I'm not shit. Like, I look at Joe Simon. I look at high high like high level like videographers and filmmakers, and it's just I haven't scratched the surface of like what could be done. You know. That's incredible. Do you have any like uh, aspirations to take that further and go to what could be done, or do you like what you're at now? I love doing what I'm at now, but I like and what I'm at, what I'm doing now is churn and burn. Like it's content, so it's not it's not taking months on one project. It's mm-hmm. taking minutes on seventeen projects and just cranking out as many short form pieces of content as you can. So that's that's exhausting. And what I'd like to do at one point, which I'm sure we will, is create something that combines Jamil's humor, my ability to like storyboard and create a good short film and create a, you know, Hollywood level, Hollywood level, I don't know, pr- really professional level commercial for one of their courses. Again, I've done many of them, but yeah, I'd like to uh, make make some f- funny, funny skits is kind of what I want to that's my next aspiration so you're gonna get him a ferrari and rent a huge house be like yeah i'm this guy and that's my ferrari <laughs> back there and this is my house you want to see how i got it <laughs> that ad exists in a very mocking tone we did that oh no you wait <laughs> yeah we did with like super <laughs> corny music and freeze frames and just like sun wax sunglasses like guy fieri style like this is my car this is my house are you tired of douchebags teaching <laughs> blah, blah, blah. we make fun of shit like that oh my gosh that's i had a thought hilarious. in my head hold on um come back. Yeah, it will. Uh da, 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 da. fucker. No, yeah, aspirations mediocre at best too. Um growing growing the podcast, Canode knows for fun and just doing a good job. Oh, and my favorite part that's that's what I was going to say. My favorite part of when I was running my own business is the talking to the client and like figuring out what would be best for them mm-hmm. and what would 
provide the most value and just like the I love the sales part of it and yeah. the thrill of being like this is going to cost you 5 grand and then <laughs> just like just like saying that flat and then being like okay that, yeah that that like gets your heart pumping like oh shit cool you know it feels good yeah like that's totally different than like the BMX world where you yeah. give them a, a price and like man can you do me a deal we're buds <laughs> yeah. people are how spending about, how about 150 dollars <laughs> yeah people were spending 5 grand they're like okay i'll get you, i'll have my person send it to you tomorrow yeah there's money outside of BMX and there's money inside BMX too but it's just like different uh i think energy energy drink sponsors have the budget for it mm-hmm. like they they dedicate a certain amount of money to a marketing budget and if they don't use it by the end of the year it's like wasted so yeah they they want to dump money into cool video projects which i think rich foreign has tapped into and aside from that, I'm not sure who else is. I mean, Justin Cosman is probably one of the best money makers in the BMX videography world, in the BMX media world. I actually recorded a Canode Nose episode with him, but it glitched. His Wi-Fi was so bad that it's just like it'll never see the light of day. That the recording sucks. Is so we'll do it again, and I'll get him to reveal all of his money-making secrets. Yeah, but, it was just wasn't meant to yeah. be at that time. It's letting the yeah. podcast grow so that more enough people can see it when you That's do it That's what again. it is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's meant to be. Yeah. Now, Justin's, Justin's cool. I think there's a balance between making it all about money and, like, you know, selling your soul to do stuff that you're not happy doing. Yeah. But but just it's it's a real it's a real blessing to have a talent be able to use it and get paid for, like well for it so i'm living the dream yeah right now. i had no idea about all of that that's incredible dude like that's good good work thank you <laughs> like i mean you get pushed doing... off a cliff and you have to fly you know well see that's <laughs> the thing that's exactly what uh i did one with poor boy steve you know yeah? that guy's clothing company uh-uh. uh he literally said that he like went full scale with it because he had a job as a manager at wherever he was working and he was trying to get poor boy off the ground and this is like in the late early 90s late 80s something like that uh maybe late 90s either way and he had a job as a manager and he basically said he trained his replacement or whatever without fully knowing it at the time and then it kind of as things went he like realized and that his manager kind of fired him as a way of kicking him out the nest because they were like you need to go and do, do like your what own you, thing yeah you need you already Sick. have this thing going. Yeah. and then he went on to explain how it just it got bigger and bigger and blew up to the point where they had a storefront and warehouses and all this crazy stuff it only happens if you jump off the cliff yeah God. Sometimes it takes a little kick, you know. Yeah, it's relevant right now, man. I'm feeling that. Like, what? Majorly. What's your aspirations? Listen, I just want to be able to go wherever I want to go to ride wherever I want to ride and make a video of it. Nice. That's that's it. pretty good. You're there. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some other stuff to take care of first, but yeah. That's. This isn't about me though. Oh, okay. It's about me. Yeah. Now, what else you want to know about me, huh? Everything. Bank account number, social. <laughs> no. I use Wells Wells Fargo. <laughs> I'm sponsored by Wells Fargo. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a th- promo code for Rar Superfoods. Oh, if you go there to you go. Rar, rarlife.com. 
Is this real? You use them? Yeah. So this is John Mata and Joey Mata's company. It's a grain superfood. It'll make your make you healthy and your dick grow bigger. And um, you can use promo code Canode and then get fifteen percent off. What about for the ladies? Yeah, I mean the ladies are. It's a. It's got pheromones in it. So once it's inside of you, they come flocking. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, On a serious note, it's a good way to like start taking your health more seriously. It's a if you if you can't stop eating bad shit, at least you can take a glass of raw and add in the good stuff, and then eventually you realize that it affects how you feel and transition from being a shitty BMX fast food diet to, you know, getting getting healthy and eating well and learning about it all. So I think raw, this is a rawlife.com. Very important topic here because I mean, you lost a bunch of weight. Show and, did and got yeah. healthy and let's talk about that because. When I remember, whenever I saw you at Ray's, uh, you definitely are much thinner oh, I was thick. right now. And yeah. Well, how do you do that? So I think I, when I saw you at Ray's, I was probably on my way up to, because mm-hmm. I was not thinking about what I was eating. I was just eating whenever, yeah. and I was drinking a lot. Like every night, I'd have a bottle of wine at least, um, maybe a six pack. Like there was. You know, there was a year where I was just drinking the equivalent to what, like, four people at dinner should be drinking Yeah. if they're getting drunk, all of them. Like, just crazy tolerance and just alcoholic-type behavior and all those calories at night. I learned about how your body... Basically, I had a moment in the mirror one morning. I, I like, woke up, hung over, looked in the mirror, and I see myself and what I've become and just like man tits and just like so huge and big pouch under here and big double chin that I'm trying to cover with my beard and like you know you do the little trick in the mirror like yeah this is what I look like you like make a make a face but the scale doesn't lie I was pushing up to 280 285 and so I decided okay fastest way to do it probably is quit drinking so I quit drinking um, and like started learning about intermittent fasting and then just being patient so like i felt so good immediately as soon as i quit drinking and i started doing intermittent fasting which means just only eating between like noon and 5 p.m mm-hmm. and just getting getting enough calories in that window to where you can only drink like zevia or Lacroix or black coffee or green tea in the other hours giving your body time to digest and slowly and steadily I step on the scale like I would step on the I would step on the scale like religiously like every morning every night and see the fluctuation of your water weight because like in the morning you're your lightest after your morning pee mm-hmm. and then that's that's like the weight that you should base your weight loss off of and yeah. then there's at the end of the day when you've eaten and you're full you could gain five pounds seven pounds in a day easily but right. your bench your benchmark is when you wake up um and I was losing one to two pounds a week, sometimes three pounds a week. And I did that. And I, you get, you see results and you're like, oh, oh shit, it's working. Okay, I'm going to keep going. And it took a long time. But like even when I was fat, but I was losing weight, I felt so good about myself that I was like moving in the positive direction. And then that's when, you know, happiness, happiness comes from that a little bit. And uh, yeah, the, it's crazy how long it took to get to where I'm at now, but it, it was totally worth it. Fucking, I I think I was having a midlife crisis. I realized that I was turning 30. Basically, when I was in my 20s, I was living. I heard about the 27 Club. Yeah. You know about the 27 Club? I heard like about Jim, it. Jimi Hendrix and all them. 
Rockstar's dying at 27, I was like, I'm just going to live as if I'm going to die tomorrow and party and drink and do drugs and eat everything that you possibly can and just not worry about the future. And then the and then it's, I was like 28 and I was turning 29 in a couple months. And that's when I had that moment of like, fuck, I think I'm going to be around for a while. Like I should probably <laughs> take care of myself. And then there's like a ancient Roman philosopher or Greek where it's just, he says it's a, it's a waste or it's a shame if you don't reach your peak physical uh, capabilities at least once in your life. So mm-hmm. I want to look like a statue at some point, you know, like okay. ripped, ripped eight pack fucking, you know, just <laughs> male model. I want to look like that and get one photo and then I can kind of chill on it. <laughs> then you go back but to it, 280. You know, yeah, because I think it takes it, dude, it takes so much effort to get down to that like 4% body fat. Right. You, that's when you start counting your macros and it gets gets a little intense but i'm at a happy size and health and fitness i just introduced uh this uh workout class i don't know a couple like six months ago and i've been going consistently and the feeling you get after working out really hard is euphoric and happy then you got the cold plunge you got the sauna and the overall just I guess Joe Rogan. That's the that's the Joe Rogan. Every single oh, episode, dude. I listen yeah. because He's I talking about it. <laughs> I'm editing all day long, you know, between yeah. whatever like my stuff and the whatever else I do, and I'm just listening to every single one he does. And literally for the past like several weeks, every single one he's bringing. It's like up. oh, cold plunge. It's great, man. You gotta <laughs> do it. <laughs> like you ever hit the sauna? Like, and you gotta hit the heat shock proteins and the sauna and the cold plunge. We have this yep. cold plunge. Do you? What do you like? Every yep. single time. But it's like, I mean, nobody talks about stuff that way unless it really means something to them. Yeah. Have you done the cold plunge? No. I. It's worth it. I did a sauna one time with my buddy Sponge after we rode one day. Uh huh. And like, I don't know. It was mainly. Just because he asked, and I was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool. I've heard about it. it's good." And and then he was like, "I don't remember if it came up. Before. I think it came up before." And he's like, saying how it only make it like fifteen minutes or something. <laughs> I just like it turned into a challenge in my head. Like, all right, I'm going until he says he wants to be done. <laughs> nice. How long did you guys go? Like a half hour. That's pretty good. That's. I mean, that's you start kind of panicking around twenty minutes, or at least I do. Well, I sat on the lower thing too. He was sitting on the top one. I'm yeah, like, I got better. up there for a second. I was like, "Oh no, that hurts my skin." <laughs> that's like too much right now. Yeah, but it makes sense. I mean, people wouldn't talk about it if yeah. it wasn't real. Rogan says, "Uh, um, it, like if you could take a pill that makes you feel the way you feel after you cold plunge, people would be on that shit all day, every day." And it's true, man. You, you, after you do a cold plunge for like three minutes. And you do the cyclical sighing, the breathing, like in through your nose, double inhale through your nose, and a long exhale through your mouth. Like, it's it's a game changer. It's crazy. You're like high on life for 24 hours after it. I think I did it yesterday, and I'm still still buzzing. Whoa, it's real. So let's talk about how these changes you've made make you feel in day to day life. Um, it made me, I don't know, poke I. I don't know. A lot of a lot has changed where I've kind of grown up in the past couple of years. I used to sleep in and just get my work done whenever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but now I kind of have a routine. I got a dog. I wake up and first thing we go on a long walk and then I usually go to F45 and get my workout in. Then I go come home, do some work and then go back at some point during the day and do the sauna, some compression and cold plunge and just giving, having a routine and responsibilities is over or underrated. Like I avoided responsibility for so long and then I got a dog and I got, you know, a car payment and all this Mm -hmm. shit. And it's just like, it feels good and um consistency is important and sleep is really under oh yeah underrated like sleep is the one thing everybody could change to improve regardless of what else they're doing like i'm taking it to another level i'm going to bed at 8 30 and i'm waking up at 7 like it's so much sleep but it's really good for me i have this this ring the aura ring oh is that what's on your finger right now yeah, it I've measures seen the YouTube ads. It, it measures my uh my old heart rate and tells me how I slept and like I'm the king of sleep, dude. I get crowns every 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 morning <laughs> I check I check the app and the app. boom, ninety one optimal. Like Oh and then let's go back to yesterday. Let's see how we did yesterday. Ninety five optimal. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sleep I, is important. It's really important stuff I think for BMX people to hear because like you I mean, I didn't have a moment where I was like looking at myself and I was like, oh my God, I have to do something. But I came, there's a dude who used to hang out at our trails. It was just like a older drunk guy who's always drunk. And I walked back into the trails one day and this was before I started wearing medium shirts. I was still yeah. wearing small shirts. And he like <laughs> hit my stomach and was like, you're getting a little weight, are you? And I was like, <laughs> instantly I was like, no. <laughs> and that's when I got a scale. And dude, I quit eating. Sh- I like cut sugar and pizza because I was nice. eating pe- like literally because my girlfriend's a diabetic, so like she can't really have a lot of pizza because it affects your blood sugar for days. Oh yeah, and uh, so she would eat like two pieces of this large pizza, and I would eat the whole rest of it. And yep. we were doing that like every time we went to the trails. So I cut that out, and I cut out sugar as much as I possibly could because I was also eating these little little uh little debbie fudge rounds yeah like the big version of those i was eating two of those every morning for breakfast wow every <laughs> single like morning insulin spike for breakfast oh dude yeah. my yeah. And, and so i just stopped doing that and i lost like 15 to 20 pounds in a month yes from, because i was because your body can finally process like it's your it's when insulin is present in your body you're not capable of burning fat it's crazy so uh-huh. anytime you eat like even a tiniest piece of chocolate, your body reacts like, oh shit, there's sugar. Let's send insulin to transport it to our cells for, to use it as energy. But if you give your body a break from sugar and carbs, then it starts looking elsewhere for uh, sources of energy. And it's like autophagy is a Nobel prize winning discovery where your body starts eating its own cells, where it's dead cells and rejuvenating itself after X amount of hours fasted. So that's that's huge. That's one of the benefits of not spiking your insulin all the time. And then insulin sensitivity Ooh. is one of the biggest like uh, markers for like how long you'll live. Like, so yeah, <laughs> spiking your is... insulin in the morning is fucking Dude, crazy. That... I'll send you a YouTube yes. channel that breaks that all down. Please, yeah. because you just educated me in like a way that's gonna affect both of my and my girlfriend's yeah. lives. Like, I had <laughs> no idea about that. Uh, but what I was gonna say too is that like after doing all that, oh there we go, Dr. Eric Berg. Uh, after 
changing my diet that way and losing that weight and stopping eating sugar like obviously there's sugar and other stuff i eat but i'm not talking like i'm not eating cookies and candy and drinking pop anymore and like the main sources of stuff like added sugar that people get when i eat something with sugar in it now i can literally feel my body go from normal what is normal now to my muscles just going like this and tightening up like in my neck i can like feel it happening and then i'm like tight and it sucks inflammation yeah and that's sugar yep it's crazy how it works man and and i feel like this is that's why people are leaving right now because they're like i don't want to hear this (laughs) (laughs) but it's real it's it's real and you will feel and ride better if you cut these things out yeah 100 percent. it's pretty crazy how it works it's just poison and it's become societally or socially acceptable poison to just have you know go out both alcohol and sugar are you know killers it's crazy Mm -hmm. and i mean i nick bruce completely enlightened me into like this world you don't have to hide that you're vaping (laughs) i'm just slick with it don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) uh nick bruce completely like enlightened me when it comes to like food and stuff because in the reality of it people don't think about the fact that food is what is powering your body the way that gasoline powers engines in your car like yeah people don't think about it that way because in the world we live in maybe they do in other cultures but in the american culture food is like an indulgence that like pleasure yeah, yeah it's it's not a fuel that you're putting into yourself to make you feel good and that having a conversation with him where he actually said that was like oh so everything i'm eating is why i'm feeling this way the next day or two days later yeah big facts it's crazy how that works and i had no idea i mean my whole entire life leading up to this moment i'm eating fudge rounds and cake like it's horrible yeah and it's a lack of education too like the the food pyramid in schools dude is so crazy like you could cut out you can live without bread and you'd be healthier than you'll ever be. Oh, but at the base yeah. of the food pyramid, it's just bread and grains. And it's like, that's bullshit. It's all, that's propaganda. From Literal. Literally. To, sell, to sell more bread, you know? It's crazy how that works. Yeah. I'm, and this is not a conspiracy theory. It's real. Oh, yeah. 100%. They paid off doctors to say that sugar's not that bad for you. Yeah. That's another thing Joe Rogan likes to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's totally real stuff, man. And like, I mean, the only time I have bread is if I'm eating hamburgers. Nice. That's, yeah. that's it. You gotta love a good hamburger. Oh. I, I just learned that hamburgers came from a place called Hamburg in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's an interesting fact. So like BMX, it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> so like BMX, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think stuff like this is important for people to hear because we live in like a very enclosed bubble in the BMX world where, you know, like if we're, when we're talking, especially when you're talking like the pro side of things, like there's not a lot of money going around for the average pro BMX rider. So like you, when you think about what you're eating, you're, you're just eating whatever you, you know, you want to, I guess. Yeah. You can spend, you can, you can live off of one like Filiberto's burrito per day. And that's only eight bucks or nine bucks. And then you can spend the rest of your $20 per diem, if you're lucky, you know, on mm-hmm. booze and weed. Like, 
yeah being being healthy on a bmx trip is damn near impossible for sure (laughs) well yeah it totally is even like and not even just talking about like a pro bmx trip where you're with your team like when you're with just with a couple buddies like even me and my girlfriend on a bmx trip it's hard to eat good yeah yeah uh but i think there has been a trend shift in the past you know five whatever years of people starting to like learn more about eating better and making some better choices and you see that a lot especially you see it with some of the sponsors people are getting yeah like uh that juice what's the one that uh salty salty is salty is one i think that's what dak is on salty and then nathan's on that and I think that they're paying good, but that's just a good, healthy, like, I don't know, shot or something. I don't mm-hmm. really know what Solty is. And then JJ starting his own um, company, Plants Basically. Yeah. Joey Mata and his brother starting RAR. Yep. Yeah, it's really dope. I think the health industry is, or health food industry is interesting. Right. There's a, yeah, you, I mean, if you're listening to this, go check out RAR on Instagram and you can see a, a story, a 10, 10 part video series where he explains how hard it is to get into the business and he's been a one-man army for 10 years now which is crazy to think about but yeah yeah and i think the the trend of being healthy taking care of yourself exercising is spreading through bmx and setting a positive example like i i don't know maybe at one point like the videos you would watch like if for example the baker or the miles ruggish sabrosa days like where it's just like 40s and blunts and mm-hmm. pizza like that was just the the cool thing in those bmx the come up but, days yeah and uh that i think that those those days are over and hopefully there's more positive like hey take care of yourself don't drink too much and uh i mean smoking weed ain't bad for you at all smoke weed and eat healthy and ride well and feel good yeah i mean uh, that's yeah, the be most positive that's the whole reason i even bring this stuff up is because like i want to be able to ride as long as humanly possible in life and mm-hmm. feel good and be able to just do what i want to on my bike like i don't want to be limited by oh my knee hurts because i ate sugar and it inflamed my whole body and now i <laughs> yeah. have an ache in this place where i fell five that's years real. ago that is absolutely real yeah i think one of the biggest pieces of advice is weightlifting as you get older because it keeps your bone density and mm. all those benefits and your tendons and like just this just when i hop on my bike now after six months of doing this like rigorous exercise i can feel my body my my knees feel stronger and more like stable my back feels better when i when i'm popping bunny hops um but i don't i don't ride enough to feel on top of my game right now i gotta make another comeback <laughs> gotta gotta do I I have um, I have like a minute and a half of footage for my my part and I need I really need to like start going to the skate park every day and practicing and getting back into it. Yeah. So I can do a couple of the scary things that I want to do and then call call it a retirement part. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that. You probably always ride, but Yeah, exactly. I'll always love cruising around the neighborhood. I love riding with my dog and smithing ledges and doing 180s, but as far as like risking getting hurt for a clip i don't have that much desire to do that anymore yeah yeah i mean i mean i never had a desire to risk getting hurt for a clip it was always like and it still is always like that thing inside you that is like you have to do this right now like nice your brain and your body are like getting real hot (laughs) 
I'm going to do this. It has <laughs> to happen. There's a foof. It's a back rail. I got to do How it. How long did it take for you to do that Rubik's Cube trick on your on your Instagram? Mm, three or four tries, I think. That's not too bad. No, I mean, I had the Rubik's Cube dialed enough that I just had to get it. Like, I get tripped up at one part of the process. Yeah, because so you reach a certain a point, one. and then it's an algorithm. It's right? all like it's, it's the it's whole memorization. thing's algorithm. Yeah. But, like you can get to a certain point just by looking at it and yeah. doing it. But like, yeah, it's basically just getting to a certain point and getting past where I get tripped up. I just needed yeah. that to happen one time. Cause I didn't care about speeding it up. Dude, I tried the Rubik's cube for a little bit and I was looking up like the, like the notations that they use for like how to L L with a dash next to it, R with a dash to it, C Left with a inverted, dash to it. Yeah. Uh, right inverted, up inverted. So crazy. And I like, then you memorize this pattern and then all of a sudden you finish the Rubik's cube. And I was like, holy shit. Like watching those dudes who can do it in like 10 seconds. That's mind blowing. Yeah. It's super mind blowing. I don't, super genius. I don't get that one. I love that. That's one of the videos on my channel. That's like stays semi viral. Not like anything crazy daily, but there's always comments on there like you're slow. <laughs> like okay, I don't. I, I, this was you're freaking, pretty slow on the Rubik's cube, buddy. This was five years ago, and yeah. this video's got a million and a half views on it. Like I don't care how fast they did it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, another thing, talking. How about, long have you been YouTubing? Sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, I. Man, this is a full story. Let's save this for if we talk on yours. Okay. Because there's a lot that could okay. be said for that. Um, how long have you been YouTubing? Uh, I've had a YouTube since I was like 18 or 19. Yeah. There's like there's like a separate channel called Just Canode that has some old gems, like cell phone video from back in the day of me doing a backwards manual on flat. Um, Ooh. Like a trip, trick, trick tip. Um, when, okay, yeah. so... 1819 when would that have been let's see i'll send you the link oh there's oh, I two have it. i got i got three canode with a green circle yeah, yeah. i got that one up already yeah um so 10 years ago is what 15 most... years ago is my first youtube video 15 years ago so what was that yeah. in 2007 yeah that's, that's when crazy. i uploaded my first ever video on youtube at the end of 2006 nice so same but not as consistent you you've uh you've gone a little bit harder than i have yeah uh it's cool to see though Ooh, here i'm gonna play the first ever video you have on this channel we got a long <laughs> man on a sidewalk man <laughs> going to see the dollar tree oh wow is this a minute and a half okay it's not a minute and a half long uh it's short man the banger banger is like a 180 on a three stair or something or a 360 i think a 180 so i literally i'm not gonna lie to you i cannot wait to have this conversation with you about mine because <laughs> i love looking at this stuff dang this is like all one line oh yeah we have the speed bumps so 15 years ago would you have been 18 or 19 yep this is pre-sponsorship just loving Dude. it this is like i first started getting into bmx did you have a coaster you had a coaster yeah, 15 was, years ago i was early on the coaster game you did a backlash <clears throat> with a coaster i did that is sick yeah i was hyped on coasters i think carl pointer bruce chrisman 
<clears throat> that was their heyday. Who did yeah. I see that made me want to get a coaster? It was Carl Pointer. Uh, oh, man. My, na- my neighborhood homies had uh, Shook It's On or something. I think that's the one he has a part in. And, uh, yeah, Carl Pointer was my hero because he, he did shit that looked like I could relate to. I, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I can go backwards. I can learn full cabs. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, one of the clips from him that's burned into my memory forever is uh, from the Flow Dirty East 2006 video. He 180s this long and low box jump and then turns the tire to the side in a T-bog and is just sliding backwards in a T-bog. And just like, that's one of the mind-blowing... The fakey slider. Yeah. I have one in my part that I'm going to do that is taking that onto a very scary spot i'm pretty excited there's nice. a little dude there's a dude on instagram who does the the craziest sliders little little slide have you I, heard of him i thought you were gonna like casually bring up tate <laughs> like there's this <laughs> no, dude tate. on tate. instagram everybody knows tate yeah no that's why i was like little slide dude, i'm sure you've seen clips but his instagram is little slide i think oh there's another dude from uh over in the uk or something can't ride bmx or whatever his name is, where he like, he'll. Oh gosh, you're gonna have to find that. There's too many white. Or, there's too many rappers showing up in here. Yeah. <laughs> Little slide. Uh. But the dude from the UK who will, maybe it's can't ride. Maybe that, is, that is who you're talking about. He will freaking fakey around a roll corner and end up straight again. No, he's doing the same shit. Can't ride BMX. Is doing a long slider on his Instagram one week ago, but uh, no, it's a different person. Oh well, I'll send it to you at some point. I'll find it. Okay. Yeah. So how? But is, yeah, I love that trick. Uh, stuff going for mediocre at best too. Uh, we've been filming for four years. Um, I have maybe I'm halfway done with my part. Clay Johnson could have a full part already. He's got a couple of like scary things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Robbie Digital also has been stacking his it's he has enough to put out a section but like he's he wants to do some you know this is the part where it's like let's get the stuff that you really the scary stuff that you want to get done oh, yeah. done RJ Orr is a very well-rounded dude from I think he's from the northeast at Pittsburgh Pennsylvania RJ Orr and he's he rides fast he goes fucking he's he's sick and he's slept on nobody like not yeah. nobody knows who he is, but um, then we got Zach Beerley, Nick Bonnell, nice. Hayden Hayden Schimmel's got like a mini part. Jeff Westcott's got a mini part. Him and I just chip away. Um, Joey Mata is gonna have a part, nice. and that's the that's the part I think. Like once Joey comes back around to being motivated and getting out, I think that's when the video will kind of get more momentum and it's all it's all momentum yeah. it goes in waves it's like right it, we're either getting out two times a week and getting like five clips every day or like not at all for a while and my life's pretty busy so every week when they're like all right we riding i'm like sorry guys i got this podcast shit i'm doing or sorry guys i got actual i'm, I'm filming an event out of state you know so it's just prioritizing things in life and yeah. then you get it throw a girlfriend into the mix and, and then all kind all kinds of stuff but it is a priority to finish this big overbearing project but yeah it's coming and 
maybe uh, next next year. I thought for sure I was going to be able to do it by December of this year because the, the original premiere was like 2013 or 14 in mm. December. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to have it on the same night? But oh. ain't going to happen. We, well, I it's it's a passion project and there's no deadline. So well. I'm just going to keep filming until I'm, I got something I'm happy with. And I'm trying to think like, you, have you you've seen the first one? Because it opens with a party line. I'm gonna make that, you feel real bad right now, but I've only seen like two or three full-length videos ever. That's okay. Well, <laughs> at the beginning of mediocre. There's a party line that is impossible to top, and I uh, want to try to top it, but it's like, how can you? You know? Okay. Oh wait, is that the one with the house? That's like <sighs> a picture of. Uh, no, that's okay. the Michigan video, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, th I think I know what you're talking about. With the, it looks like, just all the homies are like hanging out in front of the house. Yeah, you're right. No. I think maybe because I saw Corey Wigowski on your old Canode channel, and then yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Corey Wigowski, I'm pretty sure is in that. Yeah, I think he made that Corey. He made that Michigan video. That shit slapped. That was one of the best videos ever. Dude, that guy. Especially rules. with Tyler Finangle. Tyler rules. Yeah. Uh, freaking Beardly, that mm -hmm. dude. I remember right before he moved from wherever he originally lived at, he came to raise. Zach Beerley? Yeah. Yeah. And, dude, he was blowing my mind with some of the stuff. He was trying to do an X up to whip, hop whip, into this bank. And I was like, dude, nobody's doing that. This is like. X up ride to whip. Yeah, yeah. This was right when, like, people were really getting heavy into X up ride stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, you got to get that. And I was filming him and he tried it for so long and then just couldn't end up getting it but oh my god that yeah, kid he's rules. he's pretty talented and he can he has he's really nice and he's smart and came out and uh kind of joined forces so i had helped him a lot with uh burning up mm -hmm. which is his project that he just released yep and he's gonna have a part in mediocre too and it it feels right it's cool yeah we should uh we should give him a little shout out for the project he's got going. I don't know if it's still open for entries, but he's like trying to do a video contest right now. Oh yeah, if you're in Arizona, I think it might be too late, but they got nine teams right now to just get a crew of two or three or four people and make a video and then submit. And I don't know what he's doing for prize giveaways, but he's doing a you know little video contest. Um, and so reach out to him on Instagram at yeah. Zach Beerley. Just the fact that he's doing something and that he's like independently doing it is yeah super Sick. rad. Taking initiative and making shit happen. Yeah. I'm happy because I got asked to be a judge. I was like, hell oh, yeah, I'll, I'll judge these little fuckers in their videos. Yeah, dude, that it's so awesome. It's like I tried to get something like that going, but not a contest. I just tried to get all the different crews in Ohio to film a quick, like thing to make yeah. one long video and call it Ohio's Not Dead. Nice. And, like, literally not a single person wanted to do it. I was like, <laughs> okay. I feel rejected. Yeah, I was like, fine. I get it. This is a really good idea. So, like, to have someone like him who's, I mean, I feel like he's, he might not have a huge name in BMX, but he's well-respected where he oh, is yeah. known. People know him now, especially putting out Burning Up. Yeah. So, Nick, Nick Bonnell and Zach Beerley and Tyler Phipps, that's that that's their burning up crew and then the whole friend section the premiere was great yeah they 
they've earned their spot in BMX history for yeah, sure. It's, it's pretty sick. Gonna be and just cool. doing doing shit like this is cool. Like mm-hmm. Clay Johnson and Robbie Digital, they put on the Street Fighter BMX Jam. So we're gonna do another one of those when Mediocre's ready. And then you know Zach Beerley's putting on this video contest, which is dope. It's like there's been video contests before in Arizona, but yeah, it's just cool to keep the scene connected and alive and bring some I don't know attention to it. And there's a shop out here, Unity Unity yeah. Ride Shop, is doing a lot. Yeah. I, I'm I'm partial to Gordy's Gordy's Bike Shop because I worked there, and they, you know, they'll always have my heart. But uh, as far as like throwing jams and stuff and group rides, Unity's Unity's doing a lot. So shout out to shout out to Unity and Gordy's. Yeah, man, that's the bike shops in Arizona. That's awesome to see people doing stuff like that. Like, I definitely have you noticed a resurgence of full length videos. I feel like it's coming. Yes and no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I fucking hate. <laughs> I bought. I'll buy every full length video, but I, I'll only watch it if I digital download. Like I <laughs> like I own TAFE. T A I F, the one from uh, oh, Sch- yeah, yeah. Schubert in Canada. Yep. Um, I own Burning Up, but can only watch it on because I don't have a DVD player. I have an Xbox, but I'm not pulling pulling it out. Yeah. And I'm sitting on a box full of DVDs. I, I think full lengths are good. I think the method of watching it has got to change. Like, there's hard copy BMX. Yeah. That dude from, I think Texas, who collects DVDs. Mm-hmm. I, I still owe him. Uh, I have, it's like prepackaged, ready for me to mail it out. Uh, signed, <laughs> signed copy of Lightworks. So. Nice. Yeah, I don't. Know. DVDs are still alive for like, like if I for mediocre two for example, I would only make, a hundred copies. Yeah. And, see if they sell because dvds are dead you know but full lengths like if you get a crew together and put something out like fiending like a 15 minute three Mm. three or four part video or burning up is a good example like you got three full sections and then just friend sections it's a it feels more complete and cohesive and it's like a sit down and watch it with your homies type shit yeah instead as opposed to the one minute instagram clips and just keep scrolling right you know yeah how do we build more hype on that kind of stuff in bmx on full length yeah like i feel that videos get treated very similarly to instagram clips these days where it's there for maybe a little longer than an instagram clip because those die after a couple days but like a video might be talked about for a week or two and then it's kind of like dead after that um i think the big value in in a bigger project that lasts a long time and put a lot more effort into is the uh in-person aspect of it bringing everybody in the scene together to party and watch it yeah and just that that memory of sharing that night together yeah and having having your shit on the big screen those those are two of the best nights of my life the mediocre premiere the lightworks premiere those two nights will like shape i don't know they'll be with me forever those because those that's that's what's missing is you know there's instagram but you're alone with your phone there's the video that you can watch on youtube and maybe watch on the tv with your homies but it's just not the same as like going somewhere for a big premiere like the angles premiere was so sick in california not too long ago maybe a year or so ago yeah that was uh, dope i'll say that is absolutely true and it is way easier than you would think to get your video to play in a movie theater i did it yeah I did you it. Rent a movie theater for yeah. cheap. It was three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Like, and that was 
my cost and then nobody had to pay tickets to go in that was just you could just go and watch it so like if you wanted to try and you know pay your like recoup your money you just say all right five bucks to watch the video exactly yeah or you sell dvds like i only made i only made videos when people bought them and i made like 70 dvds and that was just like you know people around here and stuff so like anybody can do this stuff and anybody can get their video to play in a theater it was such an easy process like all i did was fill out cinemark's online form and then i was in correspondence with the lady who was like approving it and she's like i need to see something to approve and i was like well i don't have it done yet (laughs) like it's gonna be done she's like oh i don't need to see the whole thing just like part of so i sent her just two sections nice immediately emailed me back. I was like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they just have to make sure it's not like murder porn or something, you know? Right. So <laughs> just have a party. And when I did it, it was in the middle of COVID. So like the theater capacity was cut in half and everybody's supposed to wear masks or whatever. So like, you know, Whack. I still had almost everyone I was allowed to have in the theater, in the theater. I was at capacity basically. So like anybody can do this. And yeah. I'd encourage everybody to, or yep. at least like try gather your homies or find that one friend. But the worst writer in the crew, you got to become the filmer, you know, if you can't. <laughs> <laughs> or everybody films everybody. If you can't make it through the trails, you're the dedicated filmer. <laughs> that's, that's me. Oh, damn. That's funny. There's, yeah, everybody in the crew has got to provide some value, you know? Yeah. You can be a character. You can be the funny guy. You can be the best writer. You can be quiet and not have a personality, but as long as you're the best writer, you got value. And then if you're the worst writer with no personality, you better get a camera and start making cool videos, you know? Yep. I'm fucking kidding, obviously, but that's it is. there's a little bit of truth to that. No, especially, especially when it gets to the higher levels. Like, you can't just come hang out and not provide some sort of – not give something – you know, it's what what can I what can I give to this session type yeah. type attitude is what you should have. I agree fully. And if you have a group of people, you all have these. These are good enough to make a movie on today. Yeah, they really are. Just do Facts. it. Like there was a, a mixtape that just came out in Tucson by Alex Beza filmed on all on iPhone. And you probably wouldn't guess it like he he did it really well. Yeah, man. He, iPhone videography is facts it, it, it can work i'm filming second angles for mediocre on the iphone you know literally every edit of mine that has come out except for the last lip lords video in the last two years was filmed on an iphone 12 nice yeah so who needs more yeah exactly well i do <laughs> i got the new one and i love it so <laughs> but either way uh i just want people to be stoked and i think that that can help i agree and doing shit like this create a youtube channel talk to your friends mm-hmm. that's good advice yeah man so what have you learned through doing the uh podcasts what kind of wisdom can you instill in us that's an interesting question um well i learned this a long time ago but your idols are just people and worship no idols everybody's just a human being and treat them with the same like dignity and respect that you would like chase hawk or like somebody lower like everybody's just a person and everybody has something interesting this that you can take from them or learn from them mm-hmm. and uh damn BM, bmx is kind of thirsty for 
conversations like this. I found out like I'm accidentally just, I happen to be filling a gap that people want. I got so it's incredible how much positive feedback I've gotten. Yeah. Uh, f- support from all over the world. Like people from Europe are like, let do this one kid in Japan was like, Hey, do you mind if I translate each episode and put it out on a YouTube channel in Japanese so that my Japanese BMX friends can understand what you're saying? I'm like, yes, what do it. That's amazing. You're going to talk over a podcast for yeah, two they, hours. They're either, like, they're wow. either doing subtitles or, uh, yeah, like a dub type situation. How could you say no to someone Just, who's going to put that kind of effort? Yeah, in? for real. <laughs> Homies in like, I don't know, the 20- UK. <laughs> And what did I learn? I'm trying to think of like the most interesting shit that I learned. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that Chase Hawk has a day named after him in Austin, Texas. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Chase Hawk Day. Uh, yeah. And then uh, hmm, learning how to listen, learning how to pace a conversation. Yeah. How to yeah you like actively listen and keep the conversation going in a you know. Or actually, not keep the conversation going in a certain direction, like letting it go wherever it goes, and being genuinely curious. And you know, some conversations end up pretty, pretty fast because you get you run out of shit to talk about. Others can go for three hours because you're very curious, and it never ends. You know. Yep, that's all great stuff. And the general advice that all the guests give is: have fun. Don't expect anything from BMX, like. Trey Jones, uh, Trent Lutsky, they all said, "Do it's like JFK's quote, like ask not what you can do for your, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, but apply that to BMX. So like, instead of thinking, what can I get from BMX? Who's going to sponsor me and take me places? Like you start doing shit for BMX, you know, like what yep. we were talking about, putting on events or creating short videos with your homies, like just do, do, do and take initiative and you have to realize like no nobody's going to come grab you and push you up it's up to you if you want to make something out of BMX and it's it's up to you absolutely yeah. bobby canode where do people find you on the internet uh youtube.com i think slash bobby canode i think it's on in the title here <laughs> yeah you can click the at in the title <sighs> that's pretty cool please subscribe um i'm making 30 bucks this month from youtube so he's things are going pretty good control. I I think I'm going to try and be consistent um, and just do an episode every week, and that's it. Yeah. Um, follow me on Instagram, at Bobby Canode. I post clips from the podcast, and that's about it, man. What what else is there? Yeah, shout out to Dig for partnering on the podcast, digbmx.com. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. this has been enlightening. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, Fun as hell. I've got another live stream in two and a half hours everybody so tune in for that and uh, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow morning for the news how many uh how many heads do we got in here 14 right now what's up 14 homies cool go, go subscribe to the channel of what's Bobby up you Kino. bmx nerds and uh we'll see you guys in a few hours <laughs>